week's edition of For the Love of the Frame. My name's Tim, and sitting here to my left, the man who just got done watching the latest episode of Commissar Rex. Ian. <laughs> Commissar Rex. Yeah. I, I love all the uh, all the pickles that dog gets himself God's Rottweiler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also with us is Aaron, who I think has every episode on tape. <laughs> I do want to watch that show. Is that a real show? That- Did anybody look that up? I don't want it's to be disappointed. Be, right? I feel yeah. like it has to be. It's it has to be a real show. Yeah, and I do want to watch it. Just the idea of a pope squirreled away somewhere in his vacation house in Italy, like Commissar Rex, wondering like, oh, when's the next episode of Commissar Rex come out? Like, I just need that to be true. Yeah, drinking orange Fanta. <laughs> oh yeah, playing piano. Commissar Rex. Yeah, it looks like it is. Is uh, it a real show? Oh, it ran for ten seasons. <laughs> Started Ian, you could you could be a pope like you have. You have pope tendencies. I have pope tendencies. Yeah. <laughs> just sing, just there's I'm, so many is ways. Because I'm single. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, just the, the quiet life, eating pizza, <laughs> enjoying the little small pleasures that you like. I do actually. That was part of what I liked about this <laughs> movie. Something about. I think I do like that lifestyle. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. You should look into becoming yeah. Pope. Yeah, maybe I should. <laughs> I never thought about becoming Pope as a career path. You get your own uh, helicopter too. Yeah. yeah. That'd be pretty nice. Yeah. I would Villa on that. the lake. Yeah. That's pretty good too. No one would bother you up there. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you can read to your heart's content. Yeah. Listen to classical music. Well, if I just became Pope and then resigned, then really <laughs> nobody would bother me. <laughs> Apparently he just went and lived in the, the yeah. castle. Right. <laughs> So maybe I'll go do that. It's a good plan. Well, we're here to talk about the two popes. So maybe you can have another pope. Yeah. You can have a buddy pope show. Yeah. Kind of like a buddy <laughs> <Yeah>. cops. <laughs> you, you need a like, pope podcast. Yeah. <laughs> good good pope, bad pope. <laughs> good pope, bad pope. <laughs> the old good, co- good pope, bad pope routine. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, the, the two popes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, Anyways, we're uh, never going to get past Pope enough jokes. Silliness. At some point we got to, we got to, that's yeah. all I got loaded up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, um, it's, I feel like we've done a lot of 2019 films. It was yeah. just a strong year, I guess. Uh, I don't know. We've gone out of our way, but I don't know. Maybe we're all sitting around during COVID watching movies yeah. that came out in 2019. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I think it originated as a stage play, I believe, and adapted to film, uh, directed by Fernando, and I'm going to butcher this, My Myrelis. Aaron can, uh, I don't know that one. You seems, don't know that it one? It seems Portuguese Port- to me. Oh, wow. Hmm. Okay. Well, take a Portuguese class and yeah. get back to us. I'll but, get back to you. Um, was nominated for three Oscars, did not win any, uh, was nominated for best leading actor for Jonathan wow. Price, who played uh, Bergoglio. Yeah. yeah. Did that come out very okay? Nice, yeah, nice. nailed it. Okay. Well, who's this Italian guy yeah. who just <laughs> replaced him? Aaron was coaching us on, on the pronunciation guy. Timoteo yeah. over there. Timoteo. <laughs> Uh, Anthony Hopkins was nominated for supporting actor. I'm not sure how they decided which one was lead and which one was supporting. I was really wondering because I really yeah. felt pretty darn equal. Yeah. Um, but somehow maybe they drew straws or Anthony Hopkins was like, yeah, 
I'm already, you know, I, guess I, I don't could, need the, the more of his backstory. That's of, true. Uh, but he's not the actor in the backstory. That is also <laughs> true. Yes. That, that is also how true. Do, how do the awards work, though? Does Do the, the filmmakers submit them? Yeah. The film puts in people. There's okay. uh, some notorious oh, chicanery around okay. uh, some of the choices. Sometimes someone will look and, like, they don't have a shot at best actor, so they'll slide them in for supporting, even though it really isn't a supporting role. So. Okay. <laughs> There's some, you know, some tomfoolery sometimes. It's part of the intrigue of the show. It was also nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, so did not win any of them. But the two, really there's, I mean, I know there's other actors, but there's two characters essentially in this film. And I think the strength of the film rises in any time you're in that scenario, it rises and falls on those two performances. And the fact that this one, they were both nominated, I think says something about the overall quality of the film. Like, what'd you guys think? Yeah. Well, I mean, they really carry it too. Like that's one of the most surprising things about this movie. And one of the, I feel like one of the signs that it is so well done is that describing it, it sounds really boring. Yes. It's a, it's a hard sell of a movie. Cause it basically is just two old guys talking for like two hours. I mean, it's a longish movie. Two I hours think. and four minutes. Yeah, over I two hours. But it never feels long. It never feels... And I think part of it is just, they just really carry it extremely well. Those two actors just... Mm-hmm. They just make it really enjoyable to spend that much time with them. Mm-hmm. Which one do you like better? Pope versus Pope. <laughs> Which one wins the I mean, acting? I'm a, Which the top dog acting performance? Oh, acting. Yes. That's tough. That is really hard, actually, because they're both really good. Yeah, I don't, I can't decide. They're so believable. I know, and like what you're saying, Ian. Like they, I I I remember. So I, I watched it for the first time for this oh, okay. episode. Uh-huh. I hadn't seen it before, hmm. and I remember hearing you guys talk about it and exactly what you said. I was <laughs> like, I mean, I trust your guys' opinions on movies, yeah. but it just it never climbed high up my list anytime yeah. I was looking for a movie because yeah. I was always like. I'm not in the mood just to watch two guys talk, <laughs> yeah. like two popes talk. <laughs> two you know? old guys? Yeah. yeah, I don't think so. <clears throat> but you're right. Like it is a slow paced movie and it is, it's very apparent that it's adapted from a play. Right. It, it, it comes across very much as a, a play type of dynamic. Um, but they're so dynamic in, in their, their interactions and their incredible performances. Yeah. I guess I would go Pope Francis lead Pope Benedict yeah. support Anthony Cause, Hopkins. Yeah. Cause I think it, the movie, I think it's primarily Pope Francis's journey, his yeah. spiritual yeah. journey. And I think Ratzenberg, Pope Benedict, he, he serves as a, um, I don't know. He's a piece of that journey. Yeah. But it's primarily Francis's. Oh, okay. So uh, I said the wrong actor. You're saying it's um, Price, right? Yeah, Jonathan Price. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I don't think that's. I don't think that's wrong at all. Mm-hmm. But I think you could also make an argument. It's about Benedict's. Yeah. You know, because it starts with him getting elected. Right. And then there's the you know he's the one who's he's summoned or. I guess God summoned, <laughs> but you know, it, this resignation, he brought him to Rome to talk about it. And then, you know, 
it's just they really are parallel stories that interact. I think it's part of the mm-hmm. genius of the the writing of the story, and it's so. I I guess just to keep echoing it because I feel like it's just like chain reaction because this movie was like an awards movie, you know, it was nominated for three. So, you know, it was to an extent known and I had the exact same thing of like, I want to see this, but it was never higher than like sixth or seventh on my list at any given time. So I never got around to seeing it and just, it certainly wasn't maybe like I try to watch the Oscar movies before the show or whatever. It was probably like, all right, it's a Saturday before the show. All right. I got to bang out this one just so I can, you know, something like that. Probably. I don't remember exactly. And I just loved it. And that whole thing of like, this should be boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's two guys. Like, it is. It's apparent because you can see how it would easily work as a play. Right. It doesn't rely on any background stuff. There's not a lot of interaction with the setting. They're walking around gardens and they're walking around the Vatican. They're just, they're walking and talking. And then the cinematic flourishes are, are like flashbacks, mm-hmm. which, you know, yeah, sure. If you're on cinema, use what you have. But, you know, the, the visuals are not at all necessary or the cinematic quality of the visuals is not necessary to the story which should sound boring. And yeah. yet I think especially for, for us and maybe for the, the content of this podcast, like I didn't do a lot of maybe research on the, the origin of the play, but whoever wrote this understood faith. Mm-hmm. And that is very unusual in, I think a lot of our context <laughs> in, and it made it that much art. more enjoyable. Like it, what's that? I said in good art these yeah. days. Yeah. And, and I, is it really ends up hitting a lot. Like you have two fantastic performances by, you know, I'm not as familiar with Jonathan Price's body. I was looking at, he's in a lot, he's had a long career, but Anthony Hopkins is, you know, Anthony Hopkins. Uh, And the two of them are, they don't blow each other off. Like they go toe to toe. Um, But you, all the intrigue around the, the like Pope and the, you know, just the, the ornation and Mm -hmm. the, the Pope select, you know, just all those details with like the, you know, we all kind of know the white smoke, black smoke thing, but like all the intricacies, like the way they, they threaded through yeah. the ballads mm-hmm. and like, and they have all the little wooden balls. Right. Yeah. Right. All those like touches mm-hmm. like sucked me hard. Super like, interesting. Like really in yeah. like, it was just like, so interesting. Cause this is like ancient, you know, we don't live in a time where we're, we're connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's part of what the, the draw, even in, in our modern times of Catholicism, some people are yearning for connections to something that's thousands of years old, mm-hmm. you know? And I just thought like, maybe the cinematic actually made that stuff come alive. I was, uh, yeah. I was thinking that too, cause I agree. You don't need all of that stuff, but them being actually in the Vatican, having these conversations, yeah. it adds just having these two old guys and you know, the power that they have and like the, they really do wield like a lot of power because one of them's the Pope. The other one is, I guess he's an arch or he's a, a cardinal. cardinal. He's yeah. a cardinal. And, but then you see them and you kind of see them against this mm. backdrop of uh, like the Vatican or the palace that they're in. And I don't remember where the other, like they're the summer home. I don't remember where that is, but I think it was in Italy. Yeah, Italy, and yeah. just seeing the, something about them being in those spaces, I feel like adds just to kind of the, it almost is a good contrast to the way that they act because they come across as so, so like down to earth. 
Yeah. And I think that was, that was part of what I liked about this movie is how you, you do get this really interesting insight. Cause I don't, uh, same as you, I don't know a ton about it. And so seeing the way that they pick it and they're wearing these robes and had the process of picking the new Pope and voting for him and all this stuff is really interesting. And there's all this, there's just so much process that has gone back, you know, really probably thousands of years. And then they have these, like these amazing places that they're mm-hmm. in. But then at the same time, it's just, they're just two old guys that are just kind of walking around, like making jokes at each other. And, and so I think that can- contrast really adds a lot because it humanizes them. And by doing that, it humanizes a lot of those people that are in those positions that we don't get the chance to interact with. Mm -hmm. And maybe they're not like that, but you, I at least really want to believe that the portrayal in this movie is pretty true to life because they seem so just nice. And like, especially, um, Francis bird, whatever, Bergoglio, uh, he just seems like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Tim's showing me his pronunciation <laughs> guide. Bergoglio. Uh, yeah, he just seems very so approachable and so down to earth. Um, but then they, they're interacting in this like high church world. And that contrast is really interesting to me. That was part of what drew me into. Yeah, and, and I feel like the 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 weighing of the office and what it represents because I'm not explaining myself well. Like I remember the first time going in kind of being on guard of, okay, this is a Hollywood movie. It's got these actors. It's about, and I'm not even Catholic, right? I'm not defensive of the Catholic church or anything, but sort of like, I see where this is going. It's going to be, you have the, the crusty conservative guy. Then you have the, mm-hmm. the progressive guy who's, you know, in touch with the people. And it's going to be the struggle of like why the crusty conservative guy is wrong and the progressive guy is right. I'm like, I'm, I had my, like, it was ready for that. And that first scene when they're in the garden or whatever, when, when he first, yeah. uh, Bergoglio, <laughs> Uh, first comes from Argentina and, and he's trying to resign and, and Benedict's waiting for him. And they immediately just get at each other's throats mm-hmm. and they're both entrenched in their champs. And you, you set the stage of they're both smart. They both have a perspective and you just see them dig in and mm-hmm. it's respectable, you know, and, and there's a proper respect for the office and, and it was never like petty, but you could tell they didn't, they were just very, but all the arguments were familiar to each other. Like yeah. no one was really educating anyone else, you know? And I just, at the time, I remember the first time feeling this way and then watching it not that long ago, that same part of me that was like flaring up of like, I see where this is going. And it's really neat because they, they have that. And then the rest of the movie, they, they, it's not a war of ideologies mm-hmm. and that's woven without, but it's, it's indirect. And it's about this meeting and it's very, I guess this is like a long-winded way of getting at like one of the minor little nuances of the story that I really liked was when uh, Benedict first floats that he wants to resign and how popes don't resign. And he's like, oh, there's precedent, but it's right, like 700 yeah. years <laughs> yeah. before. Like, yeah. And how they both like, it's this, it's not don't resign. It'll make, you know, or, or just, you're the right man for the job. It's this idea of like to be the Pope mm-hmm. is to like suffer. To it's be to martyr, be there. It's to be yeah. martyr. Like it's you're, you're, it's the way of the cross. So mm-hmm. like anything short of dying in office is like 
you just feel the history and the weight and the precedent and, and the symbolism of what that position is and what it means and how these two guys who have very different perspectives, like Bergoglio is, he immediately snaps into, you cannot resign. Mm. And it's just this neat countercultural example. He, he doesn't see him as a political adversary or even your ideology is hurting the church or your ideology is hurting innocent people or, or, you know, is out of step with the, the, the example of Christ, like things he might or probably does believe, mm-hmm. I think in some ways expressly says, but when it comes to this picture of what the office is, it's like, you can't resign. Like it's too important. It, it's, it goes above like the, the ideological disagreements. And you just don't see that a lot. No one would ever tell the president wanted to resign because he felt disqualified from the job. Like no one's telling him, no, don't do it. Like right. it's too, like people would see a power vacuum and want to get in it. And just the, the, the different approach and how uniquely like submitted to God. And I'm not even saying I, I disagree <laughs> with the whole office and that whole orientation, but it's just neat to see the depiction mm-hmm. and the attachment to history and like it wasn't done through the normal human channels of power and influence and wielding it for like selfish ways. And even if the maybe goes in ways that we don't sign up with the same way, it's still a desire to like follow Christ and, and be following that example. I just thought that was really neat. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that too. I mean, kind of in the same way of like, they don't agree at all. They're, they're very, I mean, and, and kind of the way that it's set up and seemingly this is how they are in real life is they come from, as far as the church, like the Catholic church extends in either direction without being heretics, like they kind of come from both ends of that spectrum and, but they do interact with each other very respectfully, at least to some degree. And in a way that they're, they're like searching for a higher truth the whole Mm -hmm. time where it's not this power grab. You can tell it's not just something where they're trying to get, like they're not trying to humiliate the other person. They really are. It feels like searching for just truth and really just searching for God and what he calls them to do. And just us as humans to do through those conversations Mm -hmm. and like through disagreeing with each other. And I, I, yeah, I really liked that. And, and that's a good example of it, of that. He, yeah, he, he does, he was, he doesn't want to let him resign. he, is very, very much against that. And yeah, I agree. I I love the respectful disagreement in this Mm -hmm. movie. I think that is, that was part of what really drew drew me in too, is the way that that's depicted. And they obviously, they, I mean, they obviously care about what they believe and they, it's well thought out. They have reasons for believing it. They have theological reasons for believing it. They have real life um, experiences for believing what they believe, but at the same time, they're willing to submit those to God and like to each other in this respectful sort of way. And it, and it, it is it really interesting too, that it's not like given who they are, if, um, I always get their, their like names versus their Pope names messed yeah. up, but because Benedict is the more conservative one and Francis is the more right. progressive one. You would think that, Benedict would be the one like in any situation, he's going to be the one that's going to be always holding to the rules. Right. And, uh, Francis is going to be the one who's going to be a little bit more like a little bit more easygoing, but, but Benedict is actually the one who wants to resign. And Francis is the one telling him, no, he's like, you can't resign. And so they kind of swap roles in that situation. 
Which is unique. I, there's something about that too that I really thought was interesting that you get this like almost reversal of what you would think would have mm-hmm. happened. Like just given their characters and their general theological backgrounds. Which underscores like God's work in all of it. Yeah. Because Benedict mm-hmm. should not want to resign. Like right. Conservative no. people who are feel assault, like the church is being assaulted on all sides, which is what he says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they feel like, they tend to feel like they're the, the vanguard of truth mm-hmm. and that he needs to be on his post because someone with less conviction or less strength is going to let it erode. Mm-hmm. And that's usually what that guy... And that's what and he says what that about, like he says, like, I knew that I had right. to be Pope so that you wouldn't be able right. to be Pope. Like, so nothing yeah. less than like the actual movement yeah. of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. changes that guy's perspective, you know, and it's just, it's a neat, like, that's what I mean, like, like the writer, there's a, at least an appreciation for, it wasn't this story of human transformation mm-hmm. all the way. Like, like what changed his mind genuinely was yeah a desire to follow God in a sense that the spirit was leading in a different direction and a willingness to follow, which is just, it's interesting. It's an interesting plot piece because that's not a, that's not a usual plot piece (laughs) in a Hollywood movie. And Contra, right. It's like, that wouldn't even occur. Yeah. Right. Right. But it's done well too. It's not, I mean, part of it, I guess, is that this is based off real events. So it's not like somebody just came up with that, but still it is, it's done believably it, within the movie. It you totally mm. buy it and it totally works. Yeah. And also, I don't know. Do you have anything to add? No, I don't know. <laughs> if you want to. Aaron's presiding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm trying to preserve my voice. <laughs> oh, just coming up with some good jokes over there. So you can <laughs> going to fire off a couple of jokes. He's just self editing all his yeah. jokes. He's yeah. just like, Nope, Nope. Not good enough. enough. Yeah. Not good enough this week. <laughs> Um, you see the humility too, which I, I also just really appreciate that in, again, it's like, I want to believe that that is what the, those real guys were like. If you, you see this humility cause, uh, Benedict or Ratzinger isn't, he doesn't come across as this really humble guy. And I think he isn't like, at least in the movie, whenever he first becomes Pope, he doesn't. He, he doesn't seem like he is extremely humble. I mean, I, I don't know. It's kind of hard. You don't get a ton of him, but he definitely seems like he has this agenda. He knows what he believes and he's going to go do that. But then you see him change or you see that change being wrought by the spirit. And the, But he does have a humility to listen to that. I mean, there's a really easy way and even a ton of historical precedent for him to just say, well, I'm the Pope. I'm going to die in office. Like that is even the, what he technically kind of should do according to most people. But you see the humility of like, yeah, even if everybody says that I'm crazy and everybody says that I'm wrong for doing this, this is what I feel like God is calling me to do. And so I have to do that. Mm -hmm. And that's a, I mean, that's really beautiful. That's, and to see that depicted in this type of movie is, it's yeah, it's surprising and it's really well done. And the amount of humility and sacrifice that I think both of them exhibit is really admirable and, and, and inspiring, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you see that when they're in the, the Sistine Chapel near the end and he asks to give confession mm-hmm. to Bergoglio mm-hmm. uh, and you see that like, no, 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 I could, you know, but 
it, it reminded me of like 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 washing of the feet or mm-hmm. like you know Jesus washing the feet of his disciples and the disciples objecting, but it's you know it, I don't know it, it just. It did a really good job, I think, as much as possible of showing these three-dimensional. Yeah. Benedict is kind of an odd dude, right? Like he, I mean, they're all, you know. They're all old. <laughs> they're all old. <laughs> really old, first of all. But like the kind of light, he even said, like he's always been alone, but never felt lonely. Yeah. Until he recently, you know, when God was stirring up all these these thoughts of resigning. Um. And you can just see, like, like he always eats alone. Mm-hmm. He, you know, it's just very academic and very cloistered and, and very sharp. I mean, just the way he was changing languages and, mm-hmm. and yeah. whatnot. And I love that. A too. lot of strength to, yeah. you know, it's hard to be, you know, was it 1.2 billion or whatever they said it was, um, Catholics and everything that goes along with that. Like, you almost you know, wouldn't expect there to be <laughs> like a, an easy to relate to guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they, I thought the, the film did a good job of, of showing, you know, some of the awkwardness, but some of the humanity mm-hmm. in, in all that. And like, you know, we we're joking about the commissar Rex <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> but like, like if you're human, you have those foibles. If you're human, you, you know, there, there are things you, you do to pass the time or, or, you know, and even like his sense of humor and how kind of odd or, yeah. or like not, you know, cause He's so different than Bergoglio. Uh, Bergoglio is just like this man of the people and, and just very comfortable, very common touch, very, you know, into building bridges. Um, and I thought the movie did a good job of, of showing like the ways they're different. I mean, that, that's kind of obvious, but also ways that they're complementary. Mm-hmm. And this riddle of, of what is compromise and what is change and how like humanity and, and culture and the church is simultaneously like in motion. So that like it's changing by definition, but yet God doesn't change. And, you know, Francis is, is on this motion side and Benedict is on this God, you know, but they're both have echoes of truth. You know, it, it's, I feel like the movie wasn't trying to judge a winner. It was presenting right. this picture of like, these are, you know, they're both, things and it's there's no like roadmap and, and so there's this dependence on god piece uh yeah and it's nuanced and you need both sides you need the yeah. people who are out there just who he's a cardinal but he's still out there like serving the people yeah. on the streets but then you also need the guy who is going to be like the theological watchdog of the church right. like you need you need both of those people and yeah and i agree yeah. they do it so well of showing that those are complementary positions yeah. that they aren't mm-hmm. that they aren't opposed to each other but how on first pass they yeah. feel that way if mm-hmm. ego gets in the way and spiritual pride gets yeah. in the way that's why like that that first scene in that garden is so fascinating i think i mean you guys can speak for yourselves but i'm sitting there watching it and i'm like yeah that's a good point then, right well, no no yeah. that's a good point too yeah. and like, like you're the whole time it's like a tennis match you yeah. know and, and they're both like they're at each other and they're very much in disagreement. And yet I'm sitting there like I can sympathize and, and agree. I had common ground with like both those guys right. and to have that come across, I think, yeah, I'm sure that's maybe not the experience of, I mean, certain people watching it maybe would have a different reaction, but for me, I'm just, yeah, like these things do, um, they both have a point and like they both need each other. 
Right. Yeah. It's, it's the church at its best because there are like core uh, like doctrines that, that have to be agreed upon. But then there's a whole lot of things like we just don't really know. And we, and we don't really know that well. And I think a, a well-formed church, a well-rounded church, like, and there is like leadership is a thing and you are called to submit to leadership. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I think the church at its best is a church where you do have leaders and you have people who do have convictions based on scripture and they can articulate those and they can listen to each other and they can like help each other become more fully formed. And um, yeah, it is one of my favorite things about this movie. They, they depict that really well. Yeah. And I liked how in the beginning was it 2005 or whenever, when the, the first election was, um, you can see there's this quick little scene with uh, Bergoglio and he's disappointed in at the the outcome uh, and he says like there's just necessary reforms that aren't being done. Mm. And he sees it as like the church is going into irrelevancy. I think he compared it uh, church is beautiful but empty. Something like a coal with ash or something, something with like ash on the outside and I don't know. He just had a genuine, it wasn't an ego thing that like, oh, I should be Pope and this joker got instead. It was, he genuinely is like, because Ratzenberger, the Benedict was like the the continuation Pope. Like mm-hmm. everything's on track and we're just going to, the next guy who's just going to keep it on the same track. And, and there was an opportunity to bring in reform or bring in, you know, a different way. And his response was, there's like a close-up on him, and he's just like thoughtful. He's just like, I'm going to pray for him. And let's just like, not how am I going to start the opposition, not how am I going to undermine, not how am I going to resign, or how I'm going to have a different faith. Or It's just, there's this submission to like, I disagree with this, but I still love the church. And I still, ultimately it's a submission to God, that this is still God's church. And so I can fight or, or advocate for what I think is true and right and good and in the direction it needs to go. But he, it's not about him. And I just, I think that's just a really neat because it's consistent and you see it like that's, I think undergirds his, his personality. It undergirds like faith and without that undergirding, like when he's having these conversations in, in both ways, it would quickly devolve into personal animus or in like attacking, it would be about them. But that, that bedrock conviction that both of them as mature, you know, leaders at this point, they're old guys who've been priests for decades, yeah. right? There's a certain byproduct that's attractive. You know, it's, they have these like very insightful, very detailed, very passionate disagreements. And yet it never turns that. And it's just, I don't know. I think it's part of how refreshing it is to watch is because it's, it's such a missing piece yeah. of like, we don't see that depicted. Mm-hmm. There's no gloating winner. There's no triumph of good over evil. They're like the stakes, if, especially if you're not Catholic, the stakes are almost non-existent, <laughs> you know, unless you're like an invested Catholic who wins at a Pope dispute is like, there's pope no off. stakes. A Pope off, right? It's just, there's no stakes. And yet there's still something that like draws you in. And I think it, it, at least for me, it, it speaks to like a longing to have and to be in places where, and to me be that kind of guy like depicted in these characters to like 
have that kind of, to be passionate about something as big stakes as like the state of people's souls and how to love and care for them as like Christ's church, mm-hmm. but to do it in, in that way. Yeah, um, to submit to God and yeah. realizing that one, you yourself are never going to have the full picture. Right. And then two, just that like you have to, you do have to have all sorts of people. And so like God's going to be doing certain things, but it's not just about you coming in, like any one person coming in and just saying, this is how it's going to be, but it's a submitting and this like just the humility of realizing that God's going to be using different people mm-hmm. and and that's good. Like that's the way that it should be. And then right. that he's going to be doing whatever he wants to do no matter what. So to, no matter like in this situation, it's like no matter who is Pope, like Francis, he is submitted to God and just, he doesn't think the church is going the way that it should, but he also is like trusting that God's going to take it wherever it needs to go. And I think anybody who is trying to follow God can have that orientation at any level of like Mm -hmm. the church, you know, a a very local church or like the American church or the global church. Like there's all these different levels or even like at a small group level of just like, okay, maybe this isn't the way I would do it, but God's going to be working and like God's going to be doing something as long as people are faithful. And it's like, as long as I'm, you know, genuinely want to just, do whatever he is doing and like join in whatever he's already doing, then like God's going to be working things out. And one of my favorite scenes, it's just, it's such like a sweet scene and it's just, I don't know why, but I just really love it. Whenever um, Francis goes back to, I think it was after their first meeting. I think it is after their, their first meeting. So it's kind of like, they kind of have butted heads a little bit and they didn't really end on any good terms. Like the um, uh, Benedict, Benedict didn't, yeah, I keep forgetting their names. He just leaves. And the right? double names too. It's yeah. Like yeah. Benedict, yeah, he just leaves and then he doesn't let Francis resign. And so he's kind of mad about it. But I think that's whenever he goes back after that, he's watching the World Cup in a in a bar. And I think he says, I mean, I don't even remember how he comes up, but sometimes somehow Benedict comes up And the guy next to him is like, oh, like that Nazi, like, I hate that guy, basically. And Francis is like, so sincerely is like, oh, no, like, that's not, that's not how we should think about him. Like, and it's just so sincere that he, he obviously loves that guy, but like, you just saw them butt heads on so many different issues for so long but he still just really cares about him as a person. And I think he just understands like how much weight he's carrying. And he, and he still just respects that like God is using him. And no matter what, like the, the response isn't to just bash him or like you were saying, Tim, it's not to like start planning how to get rid of him or anything right. like that. And yeah, that is, it's so, it is so refreshing because it's in any sort of, I mean, you can make it political really easily, like in any political, uh, battles we have or debates or whatever, there always is like a good guy and a bad guy. There's not a lot of actual respect and like working, you know, and, and like working to just benefit people or benefit like the common good there, there, a lot of times there's just a spin on it and there, there's so many ways to do that. And you see that in the church too. I mean, I think that's part of the reason it's so refreshing is 
Because it, it, it does happen in political spheres, but it, I mean, the church is very political and it, it even, it, they speak to that in this movie a little bit. Um, but just for him to, to have that reaction, just say, you know, just like, we need to love him. Even if we don't agree, the, the first thing that we should be doing is like trying to find common ground and like trying to have a good reaction towards him. Something I don't know something about that just it was really moving to mm-hmm. me and like yeah like I want to be that type of person yeah yeah and I liked how you see with um, Bergoglio he always talks about building bridges yeah mm-hmm. you know and, and even in their little like tete a tete you know they're talking about walls versus bridges yeah. or you know the importance for boundaries versus whatever. Uh, and again, like they both are making good points, but he's always this advocate for building bridges, building bridges, building bridges. But then you see, it's not just rhetoric, like his yeah. whole approach, it's consistent with what you see of him as a person. And like, I love all these like little things sprinkled out, like, you know, the guy at the corner store giving pizza or mm-hmm. just the gardener, you see yeah, the gardener, I like, couldn't wait to give him the little sprig yeah. of, of whatever. And like, he just, exemplified seeing human dignity in, in everyone or just mm-hmm. kind of God's creation in everyone and treating them like that and just being a bridge builder without having that, I got to save the world mentality or that, you know, he, he just was kind of himself. And I thought that that really came across well, because part of that's God given, like he, he not yeah. everyone has that personality yeah. and he's just gifted that way. And he, he's made that way. And, and you just see like, Benedict is just not that at all, mm. but he can still learn. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. cause he's not, I think part of what makes his argument give force and, and what I really, maybe we can talk more about this. Like it really, like I was saying earlier, it, it was set up to be this clash of perspectives and let's wrestle it out. And instead they have a clash, but then they start to know each other as people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then as they get to know each other as people and they just have this time together and they start, you know, they bond over music, they bond over TV shows, they bond over, you know, just stories of, of just their, their lives and, and just all these shared reference points, like kind of unlikely d- different continents, different cultures, different backgrounds, different perspectives, both Catholic, you know, and both, like there was a lot of commonality there, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and I just thought that I think Benedict gets an appreciation seeing and, and hearing him that it's not just, he adopted like a, a way of thinking or it's not like a, an intellectual thing or something he learned in a university or something that's just yeah. like the latest trendy kind of thinking. It's born out of like deep formation Mm-hmm. And it actually gets into that, like near the end of the movie, it's this, it's, the whole thing's this conversation they keep having. And then it, it has this like weird detour where it just goes this right. deep yeah. dive into like his background as he's yeah. confessing. But you see like this isn't just an idea that he read or mm-hmm. absorbed from somebody else. Like his convictions come from being humbled and forged in this fire and making mistakes of making mistakes. And then like, like I love it. Like he got banished to this like remote mountain village yeah. and he just had to hear confessions. And it said he taught him how to listen mm-hmm. and it made him get in touch with people. It made him cause he had no, at that point he was disgraced. Mm-hmm. He, he just was being like a parish priest and he just, like 
found this lane of just loving and ministering to people and listening to them, <laughs> you know, cause he had been spiritually prideful and got humbled and got exiled because of that and made horrible mistakes. And he came out of that humbled and with a heart towards service and people and like self-denial and, you know, to the extent that this is like a true biography, like got raised back up. Mm. Like, I don't know. I, I just thought like his, his words and perspective had credibility in the way that yeah. like, and I don't mean, I, I guess I sort of mean this disrespectfully, <laughs> but the way that like, like a college sophomore who takes like a, a Marx or whatever class and reads Marx for the first time and mm. comes out with like a lot of passion and conviction, but you're just like, yeah. I know you think you mean this and, but like, you know, I know it sounds bad, but let's be real. <laughs> like it's, it's not forged and like lived like, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's an idea that it's you're maybe you're right or wrong, but it's just, there's a certain, it doesn't have the same depth of conviction as someone who's like lived through something the way that Bergoglio, yeah. like his convictions are not lightly held. They're deeply formed in him. And so he, his adherence to them and his defense and articulation of them come from like this deeply formed place and not, you know, it's not academic. Yeah. It's like the guy who wrote that book on dating or something in his like early twenties. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can't his name. Josh yeah, Harris. Yeah, yeah. Josh Harris. Yeah. And then I've never actually read it. So I don't really know what he says, but I think now he's like, please no one read that book. Like, I yeah. don't know why they ever let me publish that. Well, he's or, not even a Christian yeah. anymore. Now he's yeah. not even a Christian anymore, yeah. but yeah. But it's kind of like that. Like yeah. when you're young and it, it is, it's this interesting dynamic of when you are young, you are passionate and you do have a lot of ideas. Yeah, we were all and, that at one yeah. time. That's what right. I mean. I don't mean it. I know it kind of sounds bad, yeah, but it's, it's not to be, it's part yeah. of being young. Right. And, and they're setting him up. Like this isn't like a passing yeah. fancy. This is like that old yeah. man energy. He earned, of, like, this, yeah. he earned that. Yeah. 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 And I love the time like that you were saying, like you, you see a little bit of it and I, I like the flashbacks that you see some of that, but just that he didn't start out that way. Like mm -hmm. the, the Francis that you see at the end of the movie, because mm. it's easy to look at them as kind of two old guys. And it's like, Oh, like they're so fun. And like, you know, they're respectful and they're, but they, they really know what they believe. They're able to articulate it well, but at the same time, they're extremely respectful, extremely loving, and they're able to forge this friendship even through, you know, disagreeing ideals, which is mm -hmm. like, wow, that's amazing. That's how everybody should be. But then you get some of the backstory and it just reminds you that they didn't start out that way. Mm -hmm. Francis wasn't like that the whole time. He really had to go through some extremely, I mean, really tough stuff and things that like one of his friends, one of the, the priests like never forgave him. I mean, really tough stuff. Like, I mean, to live with that, I just can't even imagine what that would be like to have sent people that he knew and loved to be, I mean, he didn't send them, but he knew what he was way, doing. Yeah. Though. Like, like yeah. in a certain way, like he, like, yeah, he essentially sent them to be tortured for months mm -hmm. and then kind of, yeah. And, and just how it works out, like he kind of realized that he can't save him from that and that he kind of doomed them to that. And like one of them he reconciles with, but in the movie it, it, it kind of portrays him as like that guy is not the same as he was whenever he went in and the other guy never forgives him. So he's, it really is some hard things that he went through and just the reminder there of, 
that God is working in everything and that you, we can be sanctified, but you have to, the hard things that are inevitably going to happen in your life, you have to go through those in a way that is going to be sanctifying. Like there are ways that he could have gone through those and come out worse on the other side. Mm -hmm. And very, I mean, I think very easily too with the, the uh, just how hard those things were and like it just those were difficult situations i mean i don't think there was any clear-cut answer that was really easy for him just politically and historically how yeah just how like how how difficult and how dangerous those times were um but he just kind of did uh, you know it's, it's hard to say but at least at the time he did what he thought was best but then he learned from his mistakes and he learned from what he did in the past. And I just think even that is just, that's just such a good lesson to remember that like, if you want to be the old guy or the old person that has the wisdom and like is respectful and like is going to be, you know, given a lot of, um, that like the, the people are going to respect you have to go through, there's a whole lifetime of going through hard things, like good times and hard times in ways that is going to lead you there. It's it's all these small decisions really that lead somebody to that place. Yeah, yeah what, what I really loved about that flashback, because if you like, like take a step back and if you go back to this kind of conservative versus progressive, like, what do the conservatives accuse the progressive of? of, of they accuse them of, of being willing to compromise on truth mm -hmm. in the name of being popular or that like synchronizing like with culture. Um, and so you have Francis, who's this figure of, of like reform and being more in the eyes of Benedict kind of soft around these core long held church doctrines. But then in this flashback, like, like what do you see with, with uh, Francis, like uh, as a young, he was the head of all the Jesuits and he capitulates to this like revolutionary government and he synchronizes with them. He, like he, mm -hmm. right, he gives communion to the lead assassin guy or whatever, like, you know, to protect. Mm -hmm. So he, he, he's not doing it out of a gym. He, he's doing it to protect the church, but he's, he's not at all looking to God. He's not at all, because that's the debate he has with the guys mm -hmm. he kicks out. It's mm -hmm. like, they're like, you do not like you obey God. And if that means we get put up against the wall and shot, we get right. put up against the wall and shot, but like faithfulness above all. Mm -hmm. And he's thinking, no, I have to look at all these people. I got to worry about them. I got, you know, and so he makes the choices he makes, but he makes them from like a human wisdom kind of very practical way. Um, and so he, he lines up behind the government for that. Right. So it's right. And so from that place, Right, it ends up going the way it goes. The guys get tortured. He carries all this guilt. Um, it's probably my favorite scene of the whole movie. Like the, that reconciliation scene. Yeah. It's just like got a little dusty in my mm. house. Like it was just, you know, because you could tell like the deep brokenness and the it, it, no dialogue. Yeah, they do yeah. a great. It's amazing. Job and usually, I would that. say yeah. that's cheap. Yeah. Right. You have to have this like actual act of confession and forgiveness mm. and repentance. All. But it was almost like the acting and the, they didn't need to speak. Mm -hmm. You saw like how much pain and how much regret and mm -hmm. how much brokenness 
Francis had, and then you see the pain in, in the other priest, yeah. but you see the forget and the hug they share. It's just it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And in that for a place of forgiveness, like he's changed. And he carries that. So as he's walking into being a pope, like he's almost he's learned you don't follow the popularity of, of the people. Right. Like you don't like like that is going to lead to bad things. God showed him that like he had to learn that the hard way. He failed spectacularly. So now he's in this weird spot where he's trying to reform the church, but he's uniquely hardened against the thing that at least the conservatives fear the most mm-hmm. with the progressives of like just capitulating because you want to be popular and, and giving in to governments and giving in to, to secular thought in the name of popularity. If I want to fill the church, we got to, you know, mm-hmm. and he, but he uniquely, he's this fusion of wanting reform, but you almost are, are safeguarded against like the bad side of that yeah, because of this, like, because he's been it, hardened yeah. in this very unique way. You know, I just thought that was a very, you maybe had to unpack it a little, but the fusing of those two things, it just prepared him for the, the, the papacy, mm-hmm. you know, in a way that's like, I think, you know, at least in the, his eyes would be in faithfulness of, of God's call. Yeah. And that's what I just so well done. Like you see these, just the, how unique the situation is. Like I was saying, like, uh, Benedict would not be the guy to resign, but he's right. the one resigning. And then like you were saying, like Francis is the guy who the, the dangerous side of what he is would be just to, to get kind of given to popular opinion just because, you know, we should be loving people and whatever you can come up right. with a million reasons, but he kind of has these very unique right. reasons for not doing that. And just, and, but they're so believable and seeing those two very unique people interact just as human beings, but then with all of the force of like the, the, their theology differences behind them. And then also just the, the power in the, in like the, the Pope's papacy, whatever, just all the positions that they hold. It's, it just adds so much to their interactions. Mm. Yeah. I was hoping we could talk about papal bull. <laughs> <laughs> papal what? The the infallible eating. Like not everything the Pope oh, says is infallible. Right. But yeah, when yeah. they there like give like it specific, the yeah. I think mm-hmm. they call it the papal B U L L bull. Oh yeah. I if think I'm that's remembering right. correctly. Uh, I might be a little off. I don't I took remember, a, I remember I looked it up a while ago. I don't remember what I it's took called. like a Catholicism some, class as an undergrad. Kind of like Aaron with his Italian. Uh, yeah. I'm pulling out some deep reserves here. <laughs> it's some funny word. I it's, do remember I, that. Yeah. I, I just like because of like bull. It's just like, really? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's like the last word I would pick. At least for English. But. All right, Aaron. I've just been working on a. Uh, two nopes, Leslie nope joke, but I got, (laughs) I got nothing. No, I, I agree with everything you guys are saying is it's a lot of why I enjoyed the movie. Um, yeah. What's your favorite part about their interaction? Just in the quality of their relationship? (laughs) Um, it, it's the human moment. So yeah. two two scenes stand out to me. The one when uh, I think it's right after Benedict wants to give confession to to Bergoglio, 
and then they want to get lunch. Mm-hmm. And Bergoglio goes, oh, no, 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 like, let me, I know this great pizza stand, like, right outside. So they send the guy to go. <laughs> He's, like, trying to give money to the yeah. guy. And the guy's like, no. <laughs> the guy's like, no. <laughs> I'm not taking your money. <laughs> it's the Vatican. We have yeah. gold everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when they're eating the pizza and drinking the orange Fanta, and then when the, the crowd comes in. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, no, like, we got to get you out of here. And they're just amongst the people and it's very like sweet. And then the other scene is when they're watching the world cup match, the Germany, mm-hmm. Argentina, yeah. and just the little, the little comments. And it's, it's like how you watch a game with your friends. And mm-hmm. it just, it's probably my favorite thing about this movie. Like I, I agree. I think the person who wrote this, created this has a, a deep understanding of faith and, and the way that you, I think a, a, like a God honoring way of working out the kind of questions and the mm-hmm. things that were like, I'm not really sure exactly like how we're supposed to do, you know, X mm-hmm. and smart people, devoted people study these things and come out with different conclusions. Yeah. That's a part of our faith. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good. And I think it's by God's design. And I think he has reasons for that. Um, but also the way that they grasped, grasped like the humanity of that yeah, and the way they displayed that. I really, this is one of those movies, like I watched it and I was like, I want to watch it again. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I was like immediately rewatch. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because it's not <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. A, it's not like an exciting movie necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it is, it's very rewatchable. Yeah. Yeah, and that scene, I'm glad you mentioned it because it brought to mind two two little tiny things. The prayer when they have the pizza and the Fanta. Yeah. Oh, and he's going funny. on yeah. and on and on yeah. and on. He keeps, yeah, every time he yeah. kind of yeah. stops for a breath. We're going, he was like yeah. grabbing the pizza and then he's like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyone who's been in church can identify yeah. with that scene. Yeah. I, I promise it's you. It's time for yeah. lunch. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Just, you thank you, God, up. for this food. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then also, I, I, it was a really sweet moment, I thought, like, because you see this Benedict, you know, the guy who eats alone all the time, who mm-hmm. has always had, like, the people at arm's length, goes, and he's kind of, like, in YOLO mode of, yeah. you know, and he's going, and, you know, and you see the people respond. Yeah. But Bergoglio, he, he's the one who could upstage him. He's the one who has more... Yeah. You know, just he's a man of the people. He could be side by side. He could be, you know, running interfering, whatever. And he actually hangs back and, he steps and even back. tells the mm-hmm. security guard, like, hey, he, he needs this. So this is mm-hmm. cool, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, again, like we, we're talking about his humility. Like he wanted his friend to enjoy this breakthrough moment mm-hmm. and enjoy the fruit of it. And he knew it at some level it was like soul shaping. And so you just see him. He's just he's. All he is is happy for his friend. That's it. Mm-hmm. And I just loved like that, that sweet human moment. You know, they weren't trying to attach it to anything bigger or it's just, he was a guy who was happy for his friend because he's benefited from that breakthrough. He's been a man of the people for a long time. And he, I think looks over his own story and sees all the good, not for like what he's done for other people so much as like how that's helped him. And he just wants good things for his friend. You know, and, and I just thought that that was all kind of depicted in a very tidy, like clear way without like expositing it all over the place. Like, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's it's the like it's what God originally called humans to join him in the garden and mm-hmm. that's to to partner with him for the flourishing of all things. And mm-hmm. you see Francis like ultimately that that is like the belief that I think undergirds a, like a lot of his actions. He just, he is just for like you're saying it's not about the like the uh, kind of like liberal minded like well this is the popular thing like we have to be progressive so that we don't lose people like right. that's a temptation. But I think Francis is ultimately for like the flourishing of God's right. creation and and. Like you're saying, like Benedict has good points. It's not like Francis is like unassailable in some of his beliefs, but they come from a genuine place of desiring flourishing. Right. Yeah, and meeting people where they are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I have anything to add to that, but I do, I love that scene. It's so, it's just so heartwarming (laughs) just to see him. and, And I think just to see him change too. Like you see, because again, these are old guys, like they've been around for decades. They've been doing what they've been doing. They've been kind of entrenching themselves in their thoughts for, and their beliefs for decades. But you, even then you see like, okay, like if we're open to it, God can change us no matter how long we've been believing something or no matter how entrenched we are in certain thoughts. And and so like, he's, he's never done that, but to see him go out with the people like that is Mm -hmm. just yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, and, and I appreciated, like, the shared, because, again, you know, they, they do have these two different perspectives, but there is a shared understanding of, like, the burden of yeah. leadership mm-hmm. and how they can have different ideas, but there there is this, you know, appreciation. And, um, yeah, I, I, what was it? I just saw it. Like, uh, when, when, um, Benedict is is lamenting, like one of the hardest things to do is listen, yeah, uh, and to hear his meaning God's voice or the Holy Spirit's voice. Uh, he said when he was younger, he knew what God wanted, and now I do not know. Like I need a spiritual hearing aid, mm-hmm. and it's just like that's a very in the same way the the run on prayer at mealtime yeah. <laughs> is familiar to anyone who's been in church or a Christian, like. That longing, I just thought that that was well articulated. And, and he's saying that, I think, being transparent and vulnerable, but also knowing that Francis would understand mm-hmm. and not be like, oh, my gosh, like, really? You're the Pope? You know, like, he's experienced that. There's just this, like, unspoken understanding of, yeah. like, you've also, you know what it's like. Yeah. And it's just in that place of vulnerability and that shared space like it's a burden to be imperfect while trying to lead and have like other imperfect people depend on you Mm -hmm. and it's just a a unique space that i think is that burden's made lighter you know and being able to share that with someone else and as a guy who's that lonely i don't think he had that yeah um a lot and so I, I just thought it was like a, a pretty neat depiction. Yeah, no, I'm glad that you brought that up. I was thinking that was one of the things that I, I didn't write down a ton for this, but that was one of the quotes that I wrote yeah. down. And it, it was right after that, because I think he says that, like, I, I I don't remember the order, but it was in that conversation. And um, Bergoglio kind of, he kind of like prods him. I think he does understand, but he's like, oh, like, because yeah. he's kind of joking that whole, that whole scene, he's kind of joking with him the whole time. And he's like, oh, like, 
even for popes, like it's hard to yeah. hear, but, but he gives this answer. He's like, yeah, I think, I think even especially for popes, it's hard to hear. It's hard to listen. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of insight in that of mm. it can be, you just have so much more. I mean, I'm, you know, obviously the Pope is busy and I don't know what he does, but I'm sure he's got a lot There's of stuff going bull. on. Right? Yeah. He's got to try on all those tall hats to yeah. see like, how tall he can get it before it falls yeah. over. Um, but yeah, so I hope no Catholics listen to this podcast. We're probably safe in that. Um, but yeah, like there's some real insight into that of like, the busier you get and the more responsibility you have, even if it's responsibility like quote unquote for God or in the church, it can be harder to actually just listen to God and to mm -hmm. live simply. And that's one thing that Francis really brings and you, you see that, or at least he tries to, but yeah, I think that's just an insightful comment and just kind of a reminder that, and, and it's a really compassionate view of church leaders too, I think mm -hmm. like, Cause it's easy. I mean, like even we don't necessarily ascribe to there being a Pope and whatnot, but it's easy to be like really just not very compassionate to, I mean, anybody that you disagree with, but to uh, specifically to people like that. And mm -hmm. I don't, yeah, again, I don't know who wrote this or anything, but it's a very compassionate view of like, these guys, it really portrays them as people and as men who really do want to follow God, but they just get caught up. And I mean, it's just, it's just hard if you're, if you have a lot of responsibilities, but there is this compassionate of like, you're trying to serve people and you're trying to do the right thing, but that makes things more complicated. Actually, it makes it harder to follow God if you're not just, you know, if you do have responsibilities and mm -hmm. I think it's, it's, yeah, it's just a, a compassionate view and, and that, that kind of reminds me, there's, there's just so many scenes that I love in this, so many lines. Um, but one of the scenes that I really, really loved and just, I, yeah, I love the humility in it. And I love just the way it's depicted is I think it's when Bergoglio is sent off to that small, I guess, parish and just, he's kind of banished out there after the revolution happens and he's just out there and he, and he has one mass where he's leading and he, he kind of says, like, I know you guys think, like, for a priest, it's like we have this direct line to God. Mm -hmm. But and he but he he just with dealing, I think, with all the guilt that he has over how he handled things, he has this really vulnerable moment of being in front of everybody. And he just says, like, he, I can't remember exactly how he leads up to it. But at the end, he just says, like, today, I don't have anything for you. Like, I think it would be better if you taught me. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's so humble and there's so much humility in that for him to be able to stand up and do that I don't know it was just really it really struck me mm -hmm. and, I, and I think just the compassion of like leading in church it's easy to demonize church leaders I think mm -hmm. for a lot of because church leaders never get it perfect and just like nobody ever does and in the same way it's easy to demonize um, any political figures but it's like they're just people and they're going to get it wrong. And they're like, hopefully they're going to have that humility. And Francis learns that, but he learns it through really hard things. But like to have that compassion of just 
yeah, they are going to get it wrong, but that's okay because we all get things wrong. I think is it's just a really great way to view leaders. I think, and I just, I just, I think this movie kind of teaches that in a really subtle way, and I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, and I think that comes to fruition um, later on because he's recounting this, and you see these flashbacks, and then. It's especially interesting. I'm not versed in all the ins and outs of, of Catholicism, and I'm not here to break all that down. But like the priest does have this like confession, you know, and they like absolve of whatever. Right, yeah. But like when he he's telling like his, let me get this straight. Francis or, or Bergoglio, he feels disqualified from the office because you know because throughout sprinkling out the whole film. Uh, Benedict is like your files, your file. It's almost right. creepy. Like, like yeah. They have some kind of <laughs> yeah. Vatican secret police yeah. that somehow has surveillance <laughs> and whatever. It's like they're CIA, but he has all these like super detailed files that he's clearly read and is telling it to him. And you can tell Bergoglio's a little like, yeah. okay. He's like, oh, we have him on everybody, you know, which isn't comforting, <laughs> but whatever. I wonder if they have anything on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they will now. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like these, uh, we got these three guys yeah. in this podcast. He thinks no Catholics are listening. <laughs> yeah. The Pope's listening yeah. to this podcast. Um, but yeah, so throughout all, and so you have the scene right in in the Sistine Chapel. And he's just like, there's something that's not in your files, which is a little weird because that seems like a pretty, <laughs> if they know all these other things. Yeah, right? that is kind of weird, yeah. We're going to leave yeah. that aside. Um, but Francis goes, says that, right? Doesn't Francis say like, no, there's something like, right. this isn't in my files. Right, which is one, how do you know yeah, what's in your file? And that? two, yeah. that's a pretty big, Yeah, like if uh, they know all these yeah. minor things, you'd think they would know the big thing. Right. Um, but regardless, he feels disqualified because of this thing. Mm -hmm. And at the end of this whole story, you, you see Benedict's response isn't to personally absolve him or personally say, I've heard worse or mm -hmm. I hear you, but you're not disqualified. His response is you must believe in the mercy you yep. preach. The same gospel that you preach to other people applies to you. The same, you know, mercy. Like, and it's just, he points him to Jesus. And I just, I love that, that little thing. Cause it's like, yeah, you're, you know, like you're mm -hmm. saying leaders are flawed everyone is flawed. Everyone makes imperfect decisions. Everyone, it's part of growth, right? Like, you know, old man Bergoglio, you transport him back in time and he stares those revolutionaries right. and says, you know, like he changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and that's how God, you, you know, and yeah. he didn't compromise. He changed. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, uh, part of what allows that to happen, like God doesn't take us at our worst moment or at our worst decision. Like God is committed to our change, but it's through that same mercy um, that's in the gospel. Like you're not defined by your worst mistake. You're not defined, you're, you're not permanently disqualified from something like that. Like it, it's, you know, and it's, you know, maybe we bring this into it. it, it maybe it's obliquely referenced. Um, obviously the Pope, they see themselves as the next in succession in this unbroken chain of thousands of years, the first Pope being Peter. And we know in Peter's story, he denies Christ, right? He denies Christ three times. And then Jesus, when he's resurrected in those 40 days, he goes and he says, you know, do you love me? He tells him that three times. And he says, like, feed my sheep, right? And there's this like restoration around the betrayal, but the same, like Jesus is showing him mercy and grace. Like P 
Peter blew it on the biggest stage possible. <laughs> like in the hour of need, you know, to some peasant girl, he denies Jesus. Like in his hour of need. And yet Peter's like straight, like, like he's never the same. He, that, that mercy, that act of mercy completely changes him. Then he's the foundation. Mm-hmm. He's the rock that the early church is built on that the Catholics see as an unbroken chain. Um, and so it's this mini picture of like the, the his biggest failure. Peter's biggest failure became the source of strength. It, it, the mercy forged and hardened such that, I mean, he ends up getting crucified upside down because he's not worthy of having the same death as Christ, but is like, does not back down or, you know, is willing. He's no longer intimidated <laughs> by persecution of children, right? Um, and, and you just, you see this mini picture within the, the, the Pope papal office, I guess, of that same mercy being extended and, and ended up strengthening, you know, the person who's like the successor to that. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought that was kind of neat. Uh, yeah. And when I love the way that they remind each other of that in yeah. different ways, like mm-hmm. after, uh, Benedict, he, he confesses like they have a whole confess, which is really interesting for a lot of different reasons, but he, he does that. And then, uh, Bergoglio says truth is vital, but without love, it is unbearable. Yeah. And he's like, I read that in your book. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. And so it's kind of funny. It's like, and it shows the human condition of the, these guys who have been around for so long and who have been preaching this stuff, writing this stuff. I mean, he's the Pope and like, he's been this scholar his whole life. They still need to remind each other of the truth of like the grace that you preach or the mercy that you preach, you need to show that to yourself. And then on the other side, this, you know, truth is vital. Like we need to hold the truth, but without love, like truth is Mm -hmm. unbearable because the truth is that we all mess up Mm -hmm. and just them having to remind each other of that. At just how old and experienced they are, but then also the fact that they do in that they, they come from like, just like we said this whole time, like they, they come from these different backgrounds in different places, mm-hmm. but that they still love each other so much that, you know, that they are reminding each other of these truths that they need to be holding on to, And the way that they are loved by God is, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's really moving. Yeah. I, I really love it. Yeah. So I'm curious, most films that we analyze, you know, it, it's the subject matter of this one makes it all collapse in on its, you know, just the gospel and the whatever. But um, I'm just genuinely curious, if you were just like a neutral observer, what would you say the film's trying to say? Just out of curiosity, because it's it's not right. We, I think we agree it's not trying to make like a case for one pope over the other necessarily mm. or anything like that. I'm just curious, like what do you think? You know, and then the follow up will be like kind of like what would you know? I guess is your like what resonated with you? I think at like surface level, <clears throat> you could see this as a film of like the. trying to think of the right phrasing, like maybe just like the power of friendship, like the the transformational power of like actually knowing somebody and like seeking to understand them and and the way that friendship kind of creates those, like deep meaningful friendship can create those opportunities. And you don't, you don't have to have as much in common as you might think initially Mm -hmm. to, 
to deeply care about someone and be devoted to them. Mm-hmm. Um, which to me does kind of lead to the, I mean, I think all, all truth is God's truth. And I think the, the kind of like gospel implication of that for me is like, that's God's design for the church that not that it would just be this like uniform, like we all think the same, we all act, we're all like becoming this like a uniform people. We are becoming one, like one body, but the, there is diversity in that. Mm -hmm. And, And that's, that's the strength of the church. That's the beauty of the church. And it is the way, like, all the things you you guys have been describing, they are such a contrast to the way the world the world wants a winner. The world mm-hmm. wants, like, you attack and, and you win and you, right. you take down opposition. And you, like, make other people the losers. Right. And there has to be winners and losers. And I think the way of the church is that um, somehow it's not, like, somehow we're meant to become one. And it's not that like one wins and one loses, but we complement, we like, we, we come together and we become something greater than we are like as an individual. And that's such a contrast to the world. And I think that this movie really demonstrates that. Hmm. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Yeah, I was thinking it's interesting. What is this movie trying to say? And I, I I, it's hard because it, it doesn't feel like there's anything yeah. explicit. I mean, to some degree, it is just historical. Yeah. But I do think that be, just because this is done in so many little specific ways, like like with the pizza, with the Fanta, with the Commissar Rex, like <laughs> I think there is something that it's saying of behind all these really big events, like historical events that happen, there's just people. Like that's, that's what it always is. And we really mythologize historical figures. And, but at the end of the day, it's really, it's people making decisions for human reasons or for, you know, in some cases, because God is like prompting them to do certain things. But at the end of the day, it's because of like their people and because they've had certain very human experiences that have made them make the decisions that they make. And, you know, they can be submitting to God or not submitting to God in that. But that's what's behind every single historical event or every historical figure that we look at. And so that was, I think that that is maybe what I would think. I think that's at least one thing that Mm. the filmmakers were trying to say. Mm. It was like kind of trying to demystify. Because once you, there's something that needs to be broken there. It's almost like, um, like watching The Chosen, that TV show. There's something that once you... Because even I, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't, you know, I, I know Jesus was a real person. Like, I know his, like, the disciples were real people. Like, why do I need to watch a show? But once you, just seeing physical people taking up space in a way that those people really did, it just makes you think about things a different way. Mm-hmm. And it kind of broke a mold that I had in my head. And I think this almost does the same thing with historical figures or it tries to of, like, breaking that mold of, these are, you know, these are historical people making really big decisions. So I'm not like them or they're not like me. But at the end of the day, we are all very similar. They're, they're just human. And 
So I don't know. I think I think that there's there's definitely something to that. So I think that's one thing that mm-hmm. it's trying to say, and I th- I think it's helpful. I think it's interesting. Yeah, I, I more or less echo what you guys say. Like, it, it's not a movie that feels like it has an agenda so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Which and I think is a strength. I absolutely. think it would be a way way weaker movie if it was if it hadn't. I'd almost go as far as say I wouldn't be interested in it. Yeah. Like I, typically, you know, like weighing in. I'm yeah. Kind of it it's would, just like I, I don't need a movie to dramatize yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, which I think is part of my reluctance to see it mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah. And I do. I I, I think just to kind of merge the two of yours answers. Like I, I almost think like the movies, it's a celebration of bridge building and humanity. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the ultra rare movie where I think the movie's intended message. And then like the gospel application are like one in the same. Like yeah. I think the gospel, you know, and implications of the gospel are a celebration of bridge building and a celebration of humanity. Um, and we don't encounter that a whole lot. Yeah. You know, in, I don't know. Like I don't see it as a good thing or a bad thing. Like, you know, like our premise is movies are saying things and we engage and, and, you know, a lot of times there's things we agree with and things we disagree with, but it's interesting because there's parts of Catholicism, you know, I don't affirm or, or whatever, but like the core beats of this movie, I, I really is familiar and mm-hmm. very, I think, authentic to the struggle of trying to to lead and obey and disagree but ultimately in all of it be submitted to god and want what god is so it's just especially i guess uh benedict like he is passionately it's almost like he, i i loved what he said like god corrects a pope by choosing the next pope where i'm yeah. butchering that quote but mm-hmm. it's in that line he kind of wanted to be alive to see the correction yeah mm-hmm. uh, that's like a ultra insightful but humble thing to say mm. and think and i'm inclined to think that's like movie dialogue magic other than the fact that the real life dude actually did resign right. while still alive yeah. so i don't know if he actually said that but the sentiment right it's at least seemingly plausible yeah, i don't know but there, like yeah. he did it mm. and so to not see that as like a judgment or repudiation but to like receive that with warmth of like I kind of took the ball as far as I could knowing I did it imperfectly and I'm curious to see you know what Mm -hmm. the next guy and even like as a historic thing like watching Francis like he did modernize or or did turn in certain progressive ways and in that but I think a lot of like real progressives are disappointed in him because he has actually held a line Mm -hmm. And it's just super interesting, you know, that we're a couple of years even later from, from 2019 and that's even a few years after Francis hit the scene. But um, I don't know. It's just that overall wrestling with what's compromised and what's changed and what's, yep. you know, and not really trying to arrive at an answer. I, I just appreciate the, the grappling because none of us are God. So it's really, both of them are things. <laughs> there's a reason to stay rigid and, and hold to timeless things. And there's reason to, you know, be open and, and change. And, you know, and it's like, yeah, it'll be interesting seeing through God's eyes one day or being able right. to ask yeah. and see and understand. But mm-hmm. I think through all the uncertainty, it's meant to foster a dependence on God in a, in a like a, there's a premium on listening because mm-hmm. I think if it was something we could figure out, the emphasis would be on yeah. how we figure it out. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think God intentionally keeps us in a dependent state by having, 
kind of things that feel hard to put together, yeah. but yet are both there. And it's beyond us by design. Yeah. <laughs> and that's hard for our human in yeah. humility to accept that. But it's like, it's God's wisdom. And so it's going to lead to imperfections all over the place because we're bad <laughs> at all of that. Mm-hmm. And yet God still works through it. And I just, it's weirdly encouraging seeing it depicted in two old guys talking to each other in a religion that's not exactly mm-hmm. mine. But it's still kind of, it mm-hmm. just felt authentic. Um, so I don't know. I, yeah, I agree. Like just kind of with the gospel application, I think what what I was thinking is, just that it's so easy to get caught up, especially in the church with like, no, this is the right thing. And like, this is, we need to be teaching people this, this is important. But I mean, even biblically, there's, there's a few passages where it just talks about like, don't get caught up in these like quarrels or this just kind of like mindless, like arguments that they just don't help anybody. And it really is about loving people or, or, you know, like the passage about love. It's like, you can have all knowledge, but Mm. if you don't have love, you're like a clanging gong. And it's easy to forget that because it's easy to get caught up in our humanness and our pride of, of like wanting to know what the right thing is. But yeah, I agree with everything that you said, Tim, like at the end of the day, I think God doesn't give us hard and fast answers about some things because we just we just don't really need to know those we we know that we need to love people mm. and I, and this movie demonstrates that like almost surprisingly well like shockingly mm-hmm. well i i think it just does a great job of that and then not only just telling like yeah not even just saying that needs to happen but it shows you a relationship where that does happen and where the the human element is valued over just the the theological thing that that other person believes and and to do that well i think is extremely difficult like it, it's one of those things where it's like it's easy to i don't i don't know if there's like a phrase around this but um just kind of the idea of like it, it's easy to write movies or books or whatever about like exciting things or like unhappy things essentially, Mm. but it's really hard to, it's hard to make just love and not, not like romantic love, but just loving the people around you. It's hard to make a movie like that. That's not a kid's movie and not cheesy and still compelling. And it's just hard to do that, but I think it's done really well here. And I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm ready to rate. What do you think? Let's do it. Yeah, I kind of feel obligated to rate on Pope hats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that too. Just, actually, that's what sometimes I, the obvious thing is yeah. the, the right yeah. thing. Is, do they even have any Pope hats in this movie? Disappointingly, I, I, yeah. don't, I don't think so. I was looking I don't for remember it. And no that. Pope mobile, saw it. The, yeah, the bulletproof really, bubble. I, th- I think they, they showed it at one. I think at bubble one point. At the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Yeah. It is. It is at the end. I think they show some. I almost made it all the way through. Yeah, I think they. It's real footage of him. Yeah. Because he starts like touring the world. Yeah. Uh, Pope Francis does. And oh, yeah, they in the show spirit of, of the movie, I guess I can apply the mercy I preach. That's and right. Confess that my rewatch was 15 minutes short <laughs> of the entire thing. So I saw most of the movie in the, except the last 15 minutes, like three years ago. So <laughs> I request your forgiveness. <laughs> yeah. Not you guys, the <laughs> listeners. Okay. Yeah. 
Anyway, Pope Hats. So are we doing Pope Hats? How many Pope Hats are you yeah. giving this? Movie? I give this five. I, five I love this movie. Yeah, it's, for just I mean we've just talked about it, so I don't really need to reiterate it. But I just love this movie. There's so many great things. There's so many good quotes. Let me just read. <laughs> yes. Let me just I'm read. All, I'm a in. Quote. I love. The I was quotes. looking for some of the quotes, and uh, yeah. So here's one. I think this is in their first, uh, their first kind of confrontation. And he's his little watch beeps at him, so he's like, oh, I, "I need to start walking," which is funny too. That's just like yeah. a funny thing. The watch keeps keeps beeping at him throughout the movie, and Benedict says, "Perhaps we'll find God over there on the journey. I'll introduce you to him." <laughs> which is just like yeah. this subtle little jab. It's just so funny. I, man, there's so many good quotes. So yeah, I'm gonna give it five Pope hats. I would I would watch this movie again tomorrow. Like yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm there with you, Five Pope Hats. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. It was a really refreshing experience. I don't think, I can't remember the, the last movie I watched, and I was just like, this is why movies are made. Like, yeah. they, like they nailed it. Like, this is what a movie should be. And uh, so we have five. I'll join with you guys. I, I yeah, you know, wow. I, I think we all need to get Pope hats. Yeah. Now. <laughs> I'd be totally down for that. <laughs> I, I just, it's a movie that shouldn't work the way mm. it does. And I hesitate to say, I don't say it lightly, but I can't think of something I would improve or I can't mm -hmm. think yeah, it's very, usually, it's and I feel like I've done it plenty of times in, in ratings where, cause this is a small, it's it's you know yeah. a two person play essentially mm -hmm. that kind of got drawn out. So usually I, I kind of put the ceiling at four and a half, but it's just it's so re like it's it's a contradiction. It's mm -hmm. two old guys talking, and it's it, like my kids. I was watching it a few hours ago, and they came in like probably an hour and ten minutes into the movie. It's it's in a four. It's subtitled, and it's these two old. They don't even know what a pope is. They didn't yes. know, like they have no context. <laughs> And they were drawn in. Yeah. And it's just like it shouldn't work. And so just that mystery element, I yeah. can't help but give it like mm. it just there's something unique and it does. It, it pulls you in. And in the spirit of, of random one liners, I, I got to say that <laughs> I wrote down whenever I try to be myself, people do not seem to like me very much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that That's and the, the other random one was when. Um, when Francis was trying to, uh, he was telling a joke about uh, basically like for like seminary students trying to get smoking. And oh they, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And it's like, can we smoke while we're all, no, of course not. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. can we pray? You know, whatever. <laughs> and how he just doesn't get it. Yeah. And he's just like, smoking, it's, it's okay. He thinks the joke is you can't pray and smoke at the same time because right. you're exhaling. <laughs> but it's like, that's not the joke at all. Yeah. But like Francis just goes with it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. think he think, you know. It's really funny. Like, there's tons of those human moments, mm -hmm. I think. That's, mm -hmm. I think from like yeah. a Christian or my perspective, it's like there's so much rich, like theological or just stuff that's very accessible mm -hmm. to me that I draw on. But then all the human, it's like a fun, quirky character yeah. study that's just impeccably yeah, acted. They nailed it. Like yeah. the, the dialogue felt like real yeah. of what two spiritually mature guys mm -hmm. who disagree, but both are submitted to Jesus, like would sound like. And just the, I don't know, like all the awards. I, yeah, I, yeah. I just, yeah. So 
This director did City of God. I didn't know. Oh, that. really? Yeah. Well, that I should know his name. Then you can pronounce yeah. it right. Yeah, we we need to do that. He's Brazilian. This. Okay, that's a fantastic. We do need to film. put that. On. I still have never watched that. Oh, really? That yeah, yeah, I need to like do it. it. Yeah. I've heard really good things about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think this movie, it feels like it was really going for something. And I agree. I think it just nailed it in every way. Yeah. Just in keeping with the humility. It's not trying to be. No. Yeah. 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 Anyway. It's good. So you can't give City of God as a recommendation. No. (laughs) I cannot. Uh, I really dropped the ball on recommendations for this one. It's also. I was also just thinking of saying Life of Pi because I recommended two popes from Life of Pi. I still think of two tigers and Pope Matt every time yeah. I hear that because of that podcast. Perfect. Uh, like most of America, I'm sure, yeah. after listening to this podcast. Uh, the only thing that I could come up with on short notice was the darkest hour. Have you guys yeah. seen that? It's a, it's a definitely different, sure, sure. different vibe, but if you like kind of the historical, it kind of the humanizing the mm. historical, um, and also, I mean, he's not the same kind of character, but he is old and he is, <laughs> he is, he's an old white guy. So oh kind of the same, but I mean, yeah, he's, he's an interesting guy. Churchill is an interesting guy yeah. and it, it kind of tell, talks about, or it tells the story of him coming into power after Chamberlain. And then, uh, I think it goes through Dunkirk. So it shows just the darkest hour. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's interesting. It was, it was really well done. And actually I guess side recommendation to that. If you watch the darkest hour, I would watch the movie <laughs> Dunkirk by Christopher Nolan. If if you watch both of those, I watch them pretty close together and it's really interesting because they tell the same story but from very, very different viewpoints. So... A recommendation to a recommendation. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Never been done. They go... They go deep. Um, I went with the... uh, the kind of odd couple... I, I really struggled mm-hmm. with this. I, it's hard. Th- yeah, this movie hard is really unique. unique. Yeah. yeah, and so I really struggled. So I just picked the odd couple angle, and went with one of my favorite, um, like odd couple genre movies. And I did Lethal Weapon. Yes. <laughs> Have you seen Lethal <laughs> no. Weapon? Murtaugh. Murtaugh. Get dueled for this. Murtaugh and Riggs. Yeah, Murtaugh and Riggs. <laughs> um, <laughs> really, only has the. <laughs> These two guys are pretty different. <laughs> Other than that, that's right. Lethal Weapon one or two <laughs> yeah. or three. Oh man! Yeah, Lethal Weapon. I think Lethal Weapon two is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, is that the one with the uh, Pesci? With this, yeah. Leo and, gets whatever you want. Yeah. Leo gets. And Chris, I think Chris Rock. Is it? I'd have to go back and look at it, but yeah. yeah. Okay, they're that's both, they're both pretty great. That was but, unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I also struggled, but I actually felt like I came up with a good spot. I had two. Um, the first being, if you love Anthony Hopkins as a like babbling old guy as much as I do, then The Father, where yeah. he plays a really old guy who's like struggling with dementia. Um, it's, yeah, I guess somewhat similar. And then inspired by the, the backstory um, of Pope Francis with like the you know, what he was facing with the revolutionaries and everything. It made me think of silence. Oh yeah. Um, which is kind of that. That's a good one. That's like a sliver of, yeah, of the two popes. A, but if you one. take that concept and blow it out, yeah. Scorsese style over three hours, it 
feudal Japan. It's more or less uh, silence. I th- I th- that's a good one. I think yeah. that's the that's the winner. Recommendation. So those are mine yeah. too. But, all right. Well, different vibe though. Different vibe of very different vibe. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah, very different vibe. But if you like that sliver of a subplot, yeah, and you want, yeah, it's uh, similar. Yeah, res- similar grappling. Yeah. Um. All right. Well. Join us next time when uh, I guess we go from two popes to <laughs> blue people. <laughs> blue thought, people. Thought that was gonna rhyme or yeah. something. <laughs> uh, I'm not that clever. <laughs> Three popes. Yeah. <laughs> Smurf movie. We're gonna add. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know you can't wait. So join us next time. Bye, guys. <laughs> You're flipping through the channels late at night, looking for a movie. Yeah. I called up Ian, I wanted to know, which movie are we seeing? Cause some make you laugh, and some make you cry. I wanna know, are your thoughts like mine? Or, uh, love of the frame. frame.